Welcome to the Fit for Adventure podcast. This is Matt Gallo. I'm an adventure seeker and leadership consultant who's on a mission to build dominant and resilient leaders through experience in the outdoors. On today's episode, you're hearing a conversation with the always smiling Krista Large from Living Large Wellness. We talk about how your bucket list items become part of your identity and the challenges that entrepreneurs are currently facing with social media and marketing and the stress of doing it all yourself. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review to let us know how we're doing and what you want to hear more of. Let's get started. Please welcome to the show my friend, Krista Large. Adventure is a reason to live. So one way that I have seen this manifest, during a time when I was feeling pretty lost, I stumbled uh, upon a podcast with a guy named Sebastian, and he has this whole movement called 100 Things. Mm. And it's essentially creating a bucket list for yourself with 100 items that you want to do in your life that really inspired me to create my own list. So I I just sat down one day and I made the first 40 came to me very quickly. They were just flowing out of my, out of my mind. Mm. And then since then I've added about 30 more, of course, I've got room to live, but anytime I'm feeling uninspired, bored, lost in life, I have this physical list that I can go to with all of the cool adventures that I want to go on. That's really cool. I, when I met my wife, she had a bucket list. She had that like on her, um, on the back of her door in her bedroom. And some of them were outrageous. I remember it specifically. One of them was go to the moon. Mm. <laughs> I just, and, and I always thought that was funny. I still make fun of her for it. And I also tell her we're going to go to the moon one day. <laughs> Why not? You know? When was this? When when did you hear that podcast and and decide to uh, to make that list for you? Mm, it was back in two thousand and eighteen. I was transitioning careers, working a corporate job, to transitioning to being a personal trainer, and I knew that being a personal trainer was just a a bridge job for me. That it wouldn't be something that I would have forever but it was something I loved and something I was passionate about. And so in that, in the middle of that job, I was like, okay, well, I gotta, I gotta figure this out because working in the gym Mm. was pretty exhausting. What was the corporate job that you had? I worked for a supplement company, supplement and foods. Mm. Mm -hmm. So you've always, or at least for a while professionally, you've been involved in health and wellness. I have. Yep. I, I went to school and got a degree in nutrition and dietetics. And then after that, I taught a class at Lakewood church, like the giant mega church in Houston. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was working there for a little bit, teaching classes. And then I moved from Houston to work for on it labs, which is the supplement and food company. Mm. Uh, I was working in that space, then transitioned to gym. And then I was a stretch therapist and then I started my own business. So yeah, I've had my, my hands in it for a while. Yeah. I've, I noticed that with, with, uh, 
a lot of people in, in the health wellness industry, they, they bounce around to different areas. And what that ends up giving you is like a really broad skill set, right? And a good understanding of what people are struggling with. So it makes for a great coach, right? Which is what you're doing now, right? You're a nutritionist, nutrition coach, health and lifestyle. Yes. Yeah. How's that going? How, how do you, how do you like it? You know, I've been doing it for about two and a half years now. Yeah. I love it. When I'm, when I'm in it, I really love it. I'm not going to lie to you. Some weeks are really hard. Like I've had a couple, I mean, even recently as, as recent as like middle of June, I was really questioning myself if I wanted to do this. I sat down to set goals and I was like, I don't even have goals. I don't even want <laughs> goals. Like, what do I want to do? So it's, it's entrepreneurship. From a business is, perspective, you mean like goal, business goals? Yes. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know this, you're in the Strong Coach mm-hmm. Academy as well. Uh, yeah, we do the 90 day goal setting. So it was just, I think what I was experiencing is burnout. So when you're in that place mm. of being super burned out, it's like, uh, do I want to keep working on this? I feel so tired. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know but, what that's like for sure. Yeah. I'm back in it though. I'm back in the match game. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely something that comes up occasionally. And what I found is, uh, when you start to, there's, there's signs, there's signals for burnout, um, like not knowing what to do or feeling uninspired, feeling bored, or not really sure if you're on the right track. Those are some signals. And for me, a good way of like resetting is getting in, into nature, getting outside. Mm. Yeah. What's, what's for your periods? Any, honestly, any period. Okay. Um, I, so yeah, I love, and I was talking to someone on, on this podcast, a couple of episodes back, um, he runs a, a pretty large event company. He does like uh, lighting and stage design for big festivals and, uh, hundreds of employees, like multi-million dollar company. And he makes it a point every like two, two to three months to take an extended trip because, it's just like work, 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 work. And, you know, you get so into it and then you need to detach, reset, remember why you started, remember the work that, you know, the, the reason why, or the, um, the mission, remember what you're good at too, and <laughs> find yourself for a moment and then get back into it. Um, I like, I like taking, I like every week devoting at least like a three to four hour time span time block to myself in in nature and then every other month I like a weekend like that's that's a good cycle for me that's awesome I've heard too that vacation can even be kind of boring too like if you're gone for a while and then you're like okay I'm bored (laughs) and then you kind of almost crave the the lifestyle that you had before sometimes depending on what you're doing but uh, yeah when it's all gone I I think it really gone meaning like away from you you're not in it you learn to appreciate yeah yeah well when when you when you do it intentionally it's really totally (laughs) When it's gone and it's, and like, like if you don't have business for some reason for a couple of months, like that's a bummer. But if, Mm. if, uh, 
which happens too. I mean, you're in this game of entrepreneurship and especially now in, in today's uh, landscape, both financially and socially, things are changing so much. So you never know, like you have to adapt so quickly to new trends in business, especially in nutrition. Like there's, there's always people coming in with new ideas and new, uh, new, uh, new problems really <laughs> that you have to figure out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How has it been for you? Like navigating all the, um, all the different, uh, p- possibilities in, in your business and all of the different, um, hurdles that you've had to come over or get over. Yeah. The different hurdles. So I would say one thing that's recently been irking me a little bit is the use of social media mm. and, and maybe it's just the, the, people that I follow, but every time I get on there, I just feel like someone's trying to sell something, (laughs) Uh, which, and then, you know, also like getting all this pressure to adapt to these trends, like doing lip sync reels and stuff. I'm like, I don't want to do that. But if I do that, then I'll get seen more. And it's like, I feel like a puppet. I'm like, this is not like helpful. (laughs) Mm. You know, some of them aren't, some of them can be, but it's like, uh, you know, do I really want to spend an hour making this post or yeah, just some of the, some of the ways that people are being seen and, and other ways that I feel like I, I need to be seen in that realm that I don't necessarily want to do or have a, a skill set for. Mm. So some of those like pressures are hard to overcome. Yeah. I know what you mean. Like we try to use social media as a tool, mm-hmm. but everyone is doing the same thing. And so it becomes really hard to stand out. And totally. I, I beg, I question this all the time. Like, is it, is it worth it to, uh, to pursue that? Is it worth it to, to stand out on social media? Do you, do you get clients that way? Do you find most of your clients through, through social media? You know, last year, I would say I was getting about 90% of my leads through Instagram, which was wonderful, of course. And then, you know, things, things change. I've dumped so much money into Instagram courses, having a social media manager, and that's all been great. I would say, you know, I've heard people throw around this, this comment, like it's like a, having a, a business card, a digital business card. Mm. So I, I think it is Im- important, but I don't think that it's the only way. Like I know plenty of people that make great money, love their life, but don't have a social media presence. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I like the idea of the, the digital business card because people are on social, even if you get clients the norm, the organic way, like your referrals or you meet someone somewhere, or, you know, you do a lot of networking locally. So I'm sure you find people that way. They're still going to search you and look you up and you have that image that you want to, to come across a certain way. Totally. So, so with all these challenges, how have you found ways to reset and keep yourself grounded and keep yourself in it? Totally. I had this moment yesterday when I was in the shower and, you know, of course we just come back from a 4th of July weekend where we're out of our routine and I'm in the shower and I'm like, Oh my God, I got so much to do. Like I'm so stressed. And I Mm -hmm. had this awakening moment and I was like, what if I'm 
not stressed. Like, what if I can look forward to this day and it could be really fun. And it was almost like a wave of relief came over my body, just changing my, my outlook. Like, I know that sounds so simple, mm. but just being like, Hey, I, this could stop right now. Like I'm creating this. This is not actually happening to me. There's no such thing as like stress in the world. It's me <laughs> creating this internally. So I would say that on a, on a really immediate level, number two, flotation therapy. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love how you say like stress is not a thing, not a real thing. It doesn't exist in the world. It doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and we, we definitely create it because we try to, we try to adapt the external, the world around us to us <laughs> instead of adapting to what's actually going on. It's, it's that like, um, what's the word we're, we're fighting against gravity in a lot of, in a lot of ways. And, and that's what stress feels like, or that's what generates the stress. Totally. And it sounds so easy to just flip the switch, just change the perspective. How, what, and, and I imagine float, float therapy and, and floating is a good way to do that. Yeah. Um, but what other ways have you found to, uh, to be able to just consciously switch, go from the negative energy that you, you know, sometimes experience to this bubbly personality that, you know, we see on zoom right now. Totally. <laughs> I wish people could see your face too. Cause you have this big, bright smile. You're always, <laughs> you're always smiling and always happy. And every time I've, I've seen you, you've had, you've been, you've had this energy that's just like, come on in give me a hug. <laughs> Totally. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank uh, you. It's like living large is the name of my company. And so it's, it's part of my, part of my identity too, to, to mm. live like a big energy life. Yeah. Uh, heavy, heavy leg work. So leg press, uh, deadlifts, squats, mm. Bulgarian split squats that for some reason, just, uh, if, if I could like beat myself, <laughs> beat my legs up, I could have a better day. Sprints. Nice. Really? Yeah. So you put yourself through that, like in that stress, um, and, and do hard shit so you can just turn it on. Totally. You, yeah. Like, Let the endorphins work. Yeah. There's a lot to that too. Like, you know, I've been in strength and conditioning for about 10 years and found that when, when people don't do that, expose their body to regular resistance training. And I don't mean like exercise. I mean, like heavy weight against their muscles and taking their body through ranges of motion. When people don't do that, they also have a lot of other stress in their life. They also are experiencing a lot of problems. And then when people do start lifting or even like you said, sprinting, that's another one, like expose their body to stressors outside of their environment, um, on purpose, some things happen on a physiological level. And some things happen on a psychological level. You just feel more badass too. Like what's the, um, in the strong coach, they use big dick energy and that comes about, right? Yeah. What's the female equivalent of that? <laughs> I don't know. You can, you can make it up right now and I'll believe you. Okay. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> It'll I come guess, to you. Yeah. It'll come to you. <laughs> so, I'll so. Survey. So back in 2018, you started making your bucket list. Um, yeah. Prior to that, what sort of, um, what, what, in what ways did adventure 
like show up for you? Was it something that was even important? Was it something you thought about or were you so into the corporate stuff and uh, so into your work and everything else that it was, you know, not even present? It was very present. The moment I was able to graduate college and get my first job out of college, I you know, tried to save as much money as I could. And I met my boyfriend, Eric, not even a year out of college at the age of 24. And at the time he was a uh, travel hacker, like wasn't doing anything illegal, but uh, he like, if you've ever heard of the points guy, he did something very similar to that with like credit card points and really maximizing your spending and all that. So him and I traveled, God, I I don't even know to how many countries at this point, but we didn't go like two, 10 days without seeing each other. And we lived in two different cities. And I had an unlimited vacation policy at my job. So that was that was pretty cool. But yeah, we spent about three years going to like Morocco, New Zealand, Paris, um, Tomorrowland, Ibiza, mm. all the music festivals too. So yeah, that was a huge part of it, travel. Yeah. What what was um what was one that stood out to you? What was one of those uh those trips that really um left a mark? So it was a it was a three part trip that we went on. So first off, Eric decided that he wanted to do the Ironman in uh, England, in Bolton, England, Ironman UK. So we went from there, then immediately traveled to Ibiza, where we did like the whole party scene, stayed out <laughs> till four, and then we immediately went from Ibiza to Brussels to do Tomorrowland. Uh, so it was like a all within about 10 days. Yeah. He looked like Skeletor by the end of it because like first off doing like the Iron Man and then like immediately going into party scene and then like more parties. Uh, he he yeah, we were all pretty pretty famished by the end of it, but it was it was one of those one of those trips that you could really only handle at, you know, 26 years old. So I'm glad I did it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's definitely some things that as you get older, you realize like that you need to slow down a bit. Yeah. <laughs> need recovery time. On that trip, what um, what happened or what were you um, doing that really? Um... <sighs> well, actually, here's a better question. What was there a moment on that trip that you remember being afraid or being worried? There was a moment when I woke up in the tent in Tomorrowland and it was after just like a full day of like being out in the middle of nowhere, Brussels. And you just got that like the worst like hangover feeling. my mouth is dry. There's like not many showers around. And I like, I, I was kind of like, okay, I, I'm ready to go home. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, no, nothing bad happened, but yeah. Yeah. Just like, you know, you, you gotta, we have limits. We are humans. Yeah. Mm. Like I needed to calm down and go home. So that definitely scratched the edge. So you found the, you found the limit and, and realized like, okay, I'm, I'm good. Like this is enough. <laughs> 
was enough. And then after that, doing, you know, 18 hours of travel to get back home, like really sucked. Mm. That sucked. What was the travel like going back home from that? Uh, it was probably about an hour walk from our campsite to where our, where the bus was and then the bus to the airport, only getting like a minute of sleep in the airport, going from Brussels to Vienna, from Vienna to somewhere else, from there to Chicago, from there mm. to, you know, just a lot of connecting flights and yeah, yeah just, yeah, not, not sleeping when your body desperately needs sleep. Mm. sucks oh and then going right back to work the next day (laughs) there's that there's that fighting gravity thing right you're resisting everything your body and the universe is telling you totally you have to get home right and you have to you know live um get back to work live your life yeah I even had this mantra when I was in my 20s like oh I'm in my 20s I can handle anything and I I would say that Mm. for for the longest time and it actually ended up c- catching up to me later, later in my twenties. I found out. I think we've all said that in our twenties, like yeah, totally. at some, yeah, at some point, like when you usually, when you're doing something that you probably shouldn't be doing, or, you know, is bad for you. And you're like, oh, I can handle it now because I'm only 20 something. <laughs> yeah. What'd you learn from all that? Yeah. Yeah. I, so I ended up developing quite a bit of health problems when Mm. I was personal training that the, I mean, I love the lifestyle. I I love the, like being in the gym, I loved helping people, but as you can imagine teaching, you know, 12 different fitness classes a week. And then also I was a stretch therapist at the time. So I was waking up early to coach class, you know, having sessions in between and then doing later classes at the gym. I was also powerlifting and doing like powerlifting meets. I did one, but that was, you know, a lot of heavy lifting. <laughs> but you're and training was, for it. Yeah. I was training for it. Yeah. Totally. That's a lot of training. And then I was a stretch therapist. So I was stretching 200 pound men too. So all of that strain on my body, I ended up actually developing like a pretty gnarly binge eating habit because mm. my body was just in a constant state of stress. And when our body is in a constant state of stress, it, um, it it creates something called the appetite stress response, which makes you want to eat and eat and eat and eat. And it was it was the weirdest thing I ever went through in my life, especially being uh, you know a nutritionist. It's really mm-hmm. hard to believe that I went through something like that. And of course, like overeating comes with all of its other overeating and the stress itself comes with all other things that just put a lot of taxing responses on your body. Yeah. I could relate to that too, because I spent so long in gyms, coaching classes, personal training, managing a business too, like all of these things. And I was a competitive weightlifter um, and endurance runner. And I I thought I could handle it all too. Yeah. And then here I am like trying to be the image of health for my clients. And then, you know, I get an MRI and I have seven disc herniations and I'm experiencing stress, depression, anxiety, all of these other psychological problems and, and neurological problems really like, because there's just so much taxing on the nervous system from waking up at 4am immediately getting in the car, not really giving myself time. um, And then pretending (laughs) 
putting on a mask for six, seven hours a day to coach clients, right? Because they need to see a certain uh, thing, right? They, I want them to, to see like that I live what I preach, practice what I preach. And I did, right? I did the, the exercise stuff. And then I would get home um, and realize I haven't eaten all day, you know? Mm. Um, so, it, or I wouldn't get home. I'd, I'd leave work and I'd stop and get fast food on the way home because I'm fucking starving, you know, and, and it's there and it's easy and, uh, and it's tough. It's really tough to manage that. How, how did you end up coping or I don't want to say coping, but how did you end up realizing like, uh, what you needed to do? Um, to get out of that? And what were the steps that you took to, to help you? Totally. Yeah. <clears throat> so I realized it was actually on my, on my birthday when I turned 29, I got away, actually went to Sedona and went hiking with my mom and just having, I had a ton of clarity. I had a Reiki session and I actually bought this sunstone ring that I, I wear on my finger every mm. day that really symbolizes me independence and, and leadership. And I decided at that moment, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to quit my job and I am going to start this nutrition business that I wanted to ended up purchasing the precision nutrition course. Cause I, I learned a lot back in school, but it wasn't set up in a, in a way for me to understand how to coach people mm. with nutrition. It was more so like medical nutrition therapy, which has its place, like very clinical. So I wanted to help people with more lifestyle stuff, more habit-based stuff. Mm -hmm. So as I was learning that, I started practicing some of those behaviors myself, like had a really good understanding of like, okay, here's how this works. Uh, so really in learning how to coach others, I, I learned how to coach myself better. <laughs> Uh, the second thing that really helped me get rid of the binge eating specifically was a book that I read called Never Binge Again by Glenn Livingston. Mm. Yeah, he uh, he has his book for free on the Internet. If anybody out there is trying to figure out, OK, like I have this and I've read countless books and I've tried countless things. I did, too. And, and that really his concept really worked for me. And I haven't had an episode since I read that book. So it was a matter of um, exploring how to help your clients and really helping them on a deeper level, the habit stuff, the lifestyle coaching that, that allowed you to um, put those into practice yourself. Totally. And, and the integrity uh, of just putting myself in alignment where I knew that I was so far uh, in the ditch that I needed to get back on the road and, and really follow my, my North star and quit the job and do my own thing. Nice. And, and since then, right. A lot, a lot's changed, right. What, what, what's it like now for you? What's your um, practice around nutrition, around health, these, these lifestyle habits? Totally. It's, it's crazy because my, my coaching process really hasn't changed a ton in the, in the mm -hmm. past two years. Of course, I've tried a couple of different things. I've added, you know, a couple of different services in there, but as far as like my meat and potatoes, the process works. So mm -hmm. if it's not broken, don't, don't fix it. Yeah. 
And then for, for you, for yourself, how has it been? Um, or like, what, what are your, let's say, let's go with this. What are your, um, what's your like routine like that helps you stay accountable, that keeps you on track? What, it, what are the things that you like to do um, that, um, yeah, that keep you from going back to that, you know, hard work lifestyle that really uh, ended up hurting you in the end? The question is, what keeps me on track with with my body or my business? Your body with you. Yeah. Okay. Got yeah. it. <laughs> so I am just like my clients. I also have a trainer and I also have someone <laughs> that I send pictures to every week. Yeah. I have someone who writes my workouts and I have someone that helps me with my food and just someone to check in with me. Um, so yeah, accountability is huge. Mm. It's so much more fun when someone else is along the journey with you and you're doing it, not just for you, but for them too. So, um, yeah. Yeah. That's such a great lesson. And, and it's really cool. Um, I, I, when I, you know, I talk to my clients often, um, whether it be business coaching or leadership coaching or strength and conditioning, um, when I tell them I have a coach for all of those things, they're, they, they confused. Um, and also it's like a breath that they can take. They can take a deep breath and realize like, Oh, you mean it works. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so, and, and you get to be the, like, be the actual example and practice what you preach by having your own, having your own coach and oh, accountability is such a huge thing. I didn't even learn what that meant until I, I decided to hire a coach for myself and actually start to um, rely on, not rely on it, but utilize um, accountability of others. It was, it's such a game changer. Totally. I think it was Alex Rupchinsky at the Strong Coach Summit. He said, the reason your clients aren't following through is because you're not following through. Ooh. And then you got to really check yourself first. Like, how dare you ask someone to count calories and count macros if you're not doing it? Or like, you know, like, damn, he's right. (laughs) Yeah, you used the word integrity before. And I love that. I love that word. And I think um, when we, when we like define it, it's, it's just practicing what you preach. And and also um, it's demonstrating the value of what you preach, right? Showing like, I'm not just going to tell you it works because of evidence like I found, but like here, watch me. This is, this is exactly what you're going to get and what's going to happen. And they're obviously different for everyone, different depending on people's current situation and their current and their current goals. Um, And then also like that, well, that's the value of coaching is you have the experience and you can adapt and you can help people, but at least setting that example um, and having integrity. It also feels better, right? When you actually have integrity and you're doing what you, uh, what you're coaching, you're following through. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, and what you can give them as far as tips goes, you have it fresh on your mind, whether it's like, mm. you know, uh, simple as like a bicep curl, like, oh, hey, like curl your pinky in or, uh, <laughs> hey, be careful of this or like be mindful of that. So, you know, sometimes we get rusty if we haven't done mm. the thing ourselves, but when we're in it and we're living it, yeah. we, we know. Yeah, you could always, you could always tell um, someone who's newer to coaching because they don't have that, the levels of experience yet. 
with specific things. Um, and it's funny, like you, you, you just mentioned a couple of like little cues that mm-hmm. I've used before because I've tried, <laughs> I've tried them and I've given cues like that to clients in the gym or, um, you know, and, and you've coached people in fitness before I'm sure, you know, that people come in with all sorts of problems and start talking about other things that are not related to gym stuff, but Hey, you're the coach, you're their coach. So they trust you. And, and eventually you'll start relating. You'll start saying, Oh, you know, I've dealt with this too. And here's what I, here's how I, um, worked through this problem or here's what I found. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, there's a ton of value to experience that when you're just starting out and for anyone listening, like I, I do get a lot of coaches that listen to this podcast for anyone listening, who's starting as a coach, who's thinking, um, that, you know, they're not able to de- deliver value because they don't have the experience. It's going to come right again. Experience is just reps. The more you do reps, the better you get. <laughs> the more you have to go off of. What was the big transformation for you um, in terms of your business when you realized it was working, when you realized like, okay, this is what I want to do. This is everything I've been looking for. Or has that not happened yet? You know, that's a great question. And I think it's going to happen multiple times in my life Mm. with, multiple different yeah yeah for sure there, there's going to be a lot of different waves that that come for yeah. me I see myself having not only multiple streams of income but just different phases of life especially as a woman too thinking about motherhood in the next couple mm. years like how do I how do I want my lifestyle to be then you know I I couldn't of course I love what I do but I don't I can't imagine doing this same job the same way that it is right now for 40 years, like Mm. some people do. Uh, So I would say the biggest thing that helped me in my current business was hiring a sales coach. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What, what got you to do that? What brought you to that, to hiring a coach? Hiring a coach. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was during a, so it was actually, yeah, it was during my first year of business ever. So my first year of business ever was in 2020. I started it just before the pandemic started. And then of course, I mean, this could be a total story that I'm telling myself, but there is a season that's really good for what I do for nutrition. And that starts basically around December and it lasts all the way up until about football season Hmm. people start covering up it gets cold and you've got like parties and an active season so around October and November is when my sales start to slip and people aren't as interested they got the holiday season approaching and expenses of Christmas and whatnot so it was it was at a, a, a low point I was like oh crap like I am totally responsible for my income and it's not coming in so I need I need some help Modern man is drained of his energy by expectations and an environment that, to be honest, doesn't often support ambitious and hardworking leaders. And the result can be catastrophic on your productivity and your focus 
and leave you feeling overwhelmed and stressed the fuck out, we say good because we know that great leaders can thrive when they are challenged and encouraged to compete for higher ground. I invite you to put yourself first so that you can work on your own happiness, your own fulfillment, and your own growth in order to share it with those you love. After all, won't that allow you to be there for them fully and better than if you're resentful, stressed, and burned out? If you can relate, I invite you to Fit for Adventure 2. Our next Fit for Adventure is September 27th until October 3rd in the beautiful hidden gem of United States of Olympic National Park in Washington, where the ocean meets the rainforest and the mountains. We're going to be spending three nights under the stars backpacking in the wilderness, where you'll learn survival and outdoor skills as well as leadership skills to help you feel more confident and more dominant in your environment and that you can take care of the people you care about and you love. There's a reason that Fit for Adventure creates better people and better leaders. Isn't it time you let yourself do the thing you need to get to that next level? I invite you to apply for one of the exclusive spots in our next Fit for Adventure retreat and become the leader for your family, your business, and your community that you aspire to be. Visit mysummit.academy adventures to fill out the application. And if you're a listener of this podcast, you'll get a special gift and a special discount if you apply you apply and mention that you heard about it on the podcast. So go ahead, visit mysummit.academy slash slash adventure. And I will see you on the summit, my friends. Now let's get back to the show. Yeah. And so you sought out, we talked about this a little bit uh, a while back, but you, so you sought out a sales coach and was that the was that the thing you needed? Was it sales or was was it just reassurance and accountability? All of it. Yeah. <laughs> All of it. Yeah. I needed to really clean up my offer. I needed to mm. learn how to make sales because at, at that point I was only closing inbound leads and I was only going off inbound leads, which is great. But yeah. when they aren't coming in, it's not great. So yeah, he he taught me a lot about how to make the sales, you know. And there was a lot of accountability. He was having me do like 10 consultations a week. Wow. Yeah. And, and you were able to get the, like get 10 consults a week? Not every single time, but yeah. a, yeah, a couple of times, a, a lot of the times I would have over six. Oh, that's great. So you get a lot of reps in. Yeah. Yeah. And I imagine after that, after that uh, lull season, which, you know, it's a story you're telling yourself and it's real. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, um, it's definitely real. Um, there's just things people care about more and they're spending their money differently in certain seasons. So you can think about it that way. Um, but to have it 
like to, to go through that and then have all this new skill set and all the reps, like you, you probably came out of that, you know, able to grow exponentially. Totally. Yeah. So I want to talk a little more about that bucket list. What is, what are some of the things on there that you're really excited about? Or, Or let's go back. What, what are some of the things on there that you you've checked off that you, that you were excited about? Yeah. So I, number one, and these, these items are not in any order, but they are numbered that way I can keep track. Yeah. So number one was right in a hot air balloon. So that Ooh. was something that I did that weekend in Sedona with my, with my mom on my birthday. That was really special to me. Uh, another thing was learn Spanish. So I don't know when I've necessarily graduated from learning Spanish, but I've been studying for about 15 months at this point and I've invested about $4,000 into doing it and I have classes like three times a week. So that that's been wonderful. Let's see what else. Oh, uh, I had a goal to DJ a party mm-hmm. and you know, I wasn't sure what that was going to look like, but it actually ended up turning into me, you know, fight, getting a DJ client who had been a DJ in Austin for 25 years. Like, Hey, can you teach me? Yeah, sure. Okay. I really like this. Let me invest all this money into this equipment. And, uh, you know, I've been playing private parties and, and around town and, uh, I love DJing. It's a part of my life too. So a, a lot of these items, have not only just been like a check the box kind of thing, but have, mm-hmm. you know, led to a lot of passions for me. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Sometimes with, you know, bucket list items, it's like, those are the things you should be going after. And people totally. think like, you know, I've, I've even, when I was in my uh, early twenties, I, I did, I made a little bucket list and it was all fun stuff, like local things. I wanted to go certain places, do certain things. And some, but some of it was like things I really wanted to get into. And I figured, let me put it on here, make an excuse. I'll try it once. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but in reality, it was like things I really wanted to say I did and make part of my life. Like skiing was one of them. And I started, I learned how to ski um, when I was like 23, 24. And now it's like, one of the most, uh, it's something I do. I make time for, um, every single like season I travel to ski. I'm getting like really good. I hired a coach, uh, two years ago to, to, for like a couple of days on the mountain. And prior to that, it was like, Oh, I think it would be cool to ski once. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then it turned into like a lifestyle. And now I, I make friends all over that ski and we, you know, we talk about it all the time. Same thing with climbing and uh, a few other things, but like, like these passions that some, sometimes people like think that they're unrealistic because of their job, because of their current state, their current identity, their current lifestyle too. Um, They're just bucket list items, but why Mm. not make those like your, why not make that part of your, life you know part of who you are and now like you you you're taking spanish and 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 learning all these other things you started djing and like this is who you're becoming because of the 
because of that list. I'm curious what else is on there like that you're going to adopt and, and suddenly like you're, you're this new person every time, right? What else is on there that really excites you? I would love to start a business with my mom one yeah. day. That's on there. Let's see. I would love to own a manual convertible car, maybe Ooh. a Miata. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I'd love to learn how to play the guitar, saber champagne. I want to do a standing back tuck. I want to bike a hundred miles in a day. I want to go a year without booze and I'm six months in right now. On purpose? Uh, (laughs) uh, you know, no, not, not really, actually. But if it happens, it happens. I'm yeah. taking it a day at a time. At this point, if I break it, it has to be very, very, uh, very important to me. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I don't know if that'll, if that'll happen. Uh, I do have some alcohol-related uh, goals on on my list. Like I, I want to drink thirty martinis in New York City. Oh well, you got to come visit New York City one day. <laughs> yeah, that's true. After a year, though. Okay. True. true. <laughs> yeah. One thing that I would, that I actually, you and I were chatting about is uh, hiking a 14 er that's, that's been on my bucket list. And I actually tried to complete it last month and was unsuccessful. So mm. uh, maybe we can knock that one out together. Yes. Which one, by the way, which one did you try or did you want to try? So I think it was called Gray's Peak. Gray's. Yeah. In Colorado. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were just not prepared with uh, to for snow. I went too early in the season. You were in, you were there in May, May early or June, early the June, very first weekend of June. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Surprise! It's really surprising how late into the season snow is up there. Totally. I'll be there next week, and there's uh, well, when people listen to this, it'll be weeks ago. But uh, yeah, there's snow up there now too. Mm-hmm. Um, curious on that topic, what? research did you do or preparation i went i did this trip with a friend who lived in colorado for four years yeah and i really left it to her i mean this Mm -hmm. is my own fault i should have done my own research but i was like oh she's got it she used to live there and as we were on our way out to go for the hike ended up bumping into one of our other friends and she was like you guys are just now leaving it was like mm. 10 in the morning. We're like, yeah. It's like, do you have stuff for snow? What, like, what do you mean? Like a beanie? Like, <laughs> <laughs> a beanie? She's, she's like, you guys are ridiculous. Like, do not try and do that. So yeah. <laughs> ended up going to the national park instead. Okay. Yeah. 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 On it. And, and the good thing there is there's always something else to do. <laughs> totally. Um, when, uh, with what was I going to say yeah and and Gray's Peak is one of the beginner 14ers definitely and you can knock out two in one day Gray's and Tori's Peak they're com- like oh, combined cool. so like you go up one of them and then there's this ridge it's really cool that you cross over it's like a little sketchy um in the winter but in the summer like people take their dogs up there and uh it's a ton of fun wow um, but yeah, like usually you'd, you'd be on a trail before sunrise and you'd want to be back to the parking lot by noon 
sure. if possible. Um, which is it's weird because sometimes there's snow up on those mountains and you can also get really bad sunburn and like heat exhaustion because the sun is you're at higher elevation the sun is powerful how did it feel at elevation though because you're coming from austin what did it feel like for you to be hiking or walking around at uh at that elevation yeah we did this one is called the manitou in- incline yeah. is that how you pronounce it i think so yeah yeah and that was tough for me especially because it's <laughs> it's a bunch of stairs and the closer you get to the top the steeper they get mm. so I don't know if it was either my depth perception that made me nauseous or the elevation or both mm. but I was unable to complete that ah had to go back yeah. down <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't done that and I, I I've definitely seen it on Instagram and yeah her, I know some people that live out there and they've done it. Some people, they have a race. People actually run up that and they yeah. do it in like, some people can do it in like seven minutes or 10 minutes or something. Oh my God. Renting. But yeah. me, like I, I'm in New York, I'm coming from sea level. Um, yeah. It's fucking hard. Um, I've gone up, my wife and I went on a 14er for when we were on our honeymoon and we were, we were at like 13,000 feet and just could not continue (laughs) because Mm. every step you just felt like the air was getting sucked out that it's heavy in your chest the nausea setting in on top of like we didn't we barely slept we were like driving all night we Mm. we parked and slept in the campground or at the in the parking lot woke up early so like there were other factors totally and like yeah when you're at elevation you don't even realize it suddenly you can just pass out and uh it's interesting how you said depth perception like might have made you nauseous I didn't even think of that yeah yeah like a vertigo sensation maybe you feel like off balance it's like looking over a a cliff yeah yeah maybe huh yeah it's it's fun and uh definitely we'll we'll plan another time because I like to get out there often and um, either hike or climb or do all kinds of stuff. Denver is, um, or Colorado is one of my favorite places because to be honest, it's so easy to get to. There are always Mm -hmm. flights in and out of Denver at like the lowest price. It's easier to, like, I can get to like, for me to go to Austin is about the same amount of time flying wise. Um, but it costs like twice as much. Mm. And round trip to Denver is so easy. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's so, it's like anyone can get there at any, you know, from any part of the country. It's a cool place. What else is on there? What else is on that list? Uh, Ones that I've completed or haven't completed? Have not. I would love to one day compete in salsa dancing. I would also love to. Wait, they have see. competitions for salsa dancing? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, like like uh, dancing with the stars, kind of. Yeah. I mean, maybe not like on national TV or anything, but. Like least... in a in a bar. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, like a situation with a live band, and uh, yeah, I can picture exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah, that that'd be fun. cool. Yeah. <laughs> have I you mean, done it? Have you done it before? You've done salsa dancing. A little bit. I I'm I'm uh, I do really well under a ton of pressure. Mm. So if I sign up for the competition, I will actually put a lot of 
time and energy into it. Huh. Not just doing it for fun, you know. Has well, that it's still fun. Yeah. Has um has that always been like part have, has that been your MO? Like as long as you can remember, like doing well under pressure. Yes, for sure. Yep. I wanted to learn how to swim as an adult. So I signed up for a half Ironman, like did that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. When there's something big and scary at the end of it, you, you learn. Yeah. What about when you were younger? What were some things that you did that showed you you were really good under pressure? Oh, when I was younger, man. So uh, I think I, I think this story will answer your question, but I actually had this, this story in my head that I was dumb when I was younger. Hmm. So from, it was about like my eighth grade year, I transferred from a low income area of Houston to a really affluent area of Houston. And so you can imagine that the school districts, like one was way focused on, you know, college preparation. Of course, mm-hmm. like the families, all of them went to college and the academics were really good and, you know, stable family homes. So when I transferred from there to here, I fell automatically behind and, uh, you know, just wasn't taking notes fast enough. I was the last one to turn in my test. So like, you know, and, and, you know, nobody in my family went to college. And uh, so, it would, this was all new to me. So I started having these self-doubts. And of course, when you're 14 and you've got braces and like you're like, hey, all your hormones are changing. <laughs> uh, and then, then I ended up like ha- having some, you know, like female friendships that w- weren't the, the nicest either. So, you know, you start to be- believe things. Mm. And then when you like hear it said to you, you like, okay, you're like, okay, this is for sure true. So a lot of uh, my younger years, I, I had a lot of low self-confidence and, and self-doubt. And that ended up bringing me to the moment well, I had to learn a very hard lesson and to find out that I, I wasn't dumb, mm. uh, which I almost dropped out. of. Actually, I did drop out of college for, for three days and uh, <laughs> And I like was engaged and I was about to move to this foreign country. And uh, like, I was just completely off my rocker. Uh, anyways, I ended up, ended up coming, coming to and ended up enrolling in college the midweek. But yeah, I, I learned a hard, hard lesson. So I would say there was a lot of, a lot of pressure that happened to me in that situation. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I do learn really well under pressure. So the, so the pressure helped you like to make decisions or make a decision. Is that what you're saying? What do you mean? It was like a hitting rock bottom. And like, mm-hmm. I better get over this story that I'm dumb because it is not serving you girlfriend. Mm. So that's yeah. the story you had when you decided like you wanted to drop out of college, like that you were dumb, you couldn't handle it. No, I thought that I was just a pretty face honestly. So I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'm just going to go to Ole Miss and I'm going to find me a husband and, you know, I'll make sure that he makes a lot of money and then I have it made. And I found that, but it did not turn out to be that at all. (laughs) So fortunately, uh, yeah, fortunately for sure. But, you know, um, so I was like, okay, I, you know, it ended up with me, like having asked my parents for a ton of money and uh, re-enrolling back in school. And I took out a bunch of student loans. And in that moment, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not dumb. 
and I am an adult now and I need to take care of myself and take responsibility for my actions. So I would say that was a huge turning point for me that made me as independent as I am today. Oh man, it's so interesting how you, you kind of fall into what, what's expected of you in a way because of like the stories that, and, and the, the people, like what they tell you when you're growing up, like, mm. um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I went to college because of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I thought I, I thought I, it was like, I grew up in, uh, you know, I went to a, Catholic school and the whole purpose of this was you know prepping you to go to you know high school and then uh, you go to college and then you get a job and this is like a typical thing in New York and my parents didn't go to college so you know for most of my life I heard well you have to go to school you have to get a good job you have you have to go to college you have to graduate you need a degree you need you need to get a job, work your whole life and all that. Right. So I just fell into that thinking it was who I was. And I was always someone that had potential and, um, was very smart. And I thought that's all I had going for me, you know, Mm. um, that I had potential to do something well, and I was good at taking tests. (laughs) That was, that's it. The stories. Yeah. Yeah. And so I ended up like, going to college and, um, getting like an experience that was like so different because I didn't really know who I was at that point. You know, I was like, fine, trying to find myself (laughs) and going through all these other changes as a human, um, as a 18 year old guy, right. Trying to deal with relationships and, you know, meeting new people and all these other things that I really wasn't exposed to. (laughs) And so like, I ended up going to school for five, five years and not graduating because I changed my major so many times. Mm. I took so many different classes, which I I'm so grateful that I did because I gained, I gained a lot of like different skill sets from that. Um, it was funny. I was having a conversation with my mom the other day and I was telling her I wanted to go back to, to school. I wanted to take some classes like either. Um, I really am curious about um, neuroscience and uh, things like that. Like I love learn. I love the, the brain. I love how the, the mind works. I love how people learn. I've been studying that on and off for a while. She's like, oh, that'd be great. You could get a degree. I'm like, no, nah, I just want to learn. Yeah. I just go and like, maybe I'll take a class online or I'll find, a, um, you know, I'll go to a school and just take classes when I have the time. But like, just strictly to absorb and be part of that, be learning again. I love the, the state of learning, if that makes sense. Like, like how you are learning Spanish. Like you'll never know if you're graduated from that. You're just in that state of learning. It feels really good. And, uh, and it's wild how much has changed um, since like the, the first day I walked onto my college campus, I was like 18 years old and I had no idea who I was or what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
I was just living out the script of what I thought, you know, I was supposed to do. And then look at, look at me now, mom, (laughs) I haven't had a job in God. I don't even know how long. (laughs) Totally. Isn't the working knowledge and experience so much more valuable than just like a, you know, yep, you did it. Here's your stamp. You graduated. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not what, what, um, what you're taught growing totally. up. Right? Totally. But now. Yeah. 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 Now I think it's becoming more acceptable mm-hmm. if that's a, a way to think about it, but by whose terms is it acceptable? Totally. But, I yeah. mean, more, more normalized or more like you see it more like people are, um, they, they're fine. There's education everywhere. And I have this whole belief about it, the education system. We, you know, we could definitely get into another time, but um, when, when what I see in the future with education is decentralization and, and more, uh, more education from the private sector. So, um, being able to like Google has, has classes you can take, you can take classes from Google and then go work for them. You don't need to go to Caltech and get a fancy degree and learn, you know, and, and be top of your class to get a job anymore. Hmm. You can, go learn very specific skill sets. And in fact, it, it's more valuable to have like a wide variety of skill sets, especially as an entrepreneur. Totally. Yeah, totally. And I think people want to hire interesting people too. On top of that, I've, yeah. I've been told that I got a job because I did bodybuilding competitions. Yeah. Yeah. Like my former boss is like, Hey, like, you know, you can have a degree and you can have all this stuff, but like you chose to do this and Mm. that's, that's a choice. (laughs) Like nobody just decides that they want to, you know, it's it's abnormal for people to decide that they want to like live this lifestyle and compete and do all these extra credit things. So yeah. Extra credit things. I like that. Yeah. And it goes back to what we talked about with coaching before in the integrity side and how, um, and even like the bucket list stuff, like some of the stuff that I started doing when I was younger, like I got into CrossFit um, for fun and then it turned into a career. You know, I ended up a, I ended up a business owner and learning, I had to learn all these other skills because I decided I wanted to teach people how to get fit, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, what I studied in college was not that, you know? completely totally. different. It's really cool how, how things change and progress over time. So what is something you're really excited for? What's something you're working on that you, that you'd like to, um, that you're just amped up about? Yeah. I'm really interested in the peptide space right now. Yeah. Which is pretty fascinating. Yeah, I uh, just got a a part-time job working with peptides specifically for weight loss, which Mm. is pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. I, you know, along my journey, you know, of course we need a foundation of like having really good food quality, learning our portions. Like there's a lot of healthy habits that need to go in place, but there really are people that they can live this pristine lifestyle of doing all the right things, but they're still having a ton of trouble losing weight. So that's just the extra assistance for people that I'm looking to 
help them uh, find a solution for using peptides. Yeah. For, for people listening, what are peptides? What, what can you, how can you describe that? Totally. So you may have heard of like collagen peptides, like from vital proteins or something like that. Essentially what it is, is it's amino acids. Mm -hmm. So the building blocks of proteins are amino acids. And if there's two amino acids together with a peptide bond, that is a peptide. And they could be as small as two, they could be really long as Mm -hmm. well. And what we do is we put them in our body whether it's like a cream or an inhaler or a a nasal spray, or, um, you know, you can put it on your face, like anti-aging peptides. There are also injections too, that you can put into your body. And we have peptides present in our body already. Mm -hmm. What most of them do is just help your body work better. Like do it, do what it already does better. Are they, so it's my understanding, and you could correct me on this, that they are like a catalyst for um, pro- like hormone production or- Some of them, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, some of them. It like a precursor on- to taking hormones, like or it, where some people take like hormone therapy or they do like steroids or they take steroids. Like this is the precursor to that. It helps to like naturally produce- the things in your body? It could be. There are some that work on like stimulating growth hormone Mm -hmm. or um, like the specific peptide that I am working with is a glucagon like peptide that Mm -hmm. helps, helps your body realize it's full. Mm. It helps, it helps play on appetite a little bit. Okay. So it helps to like uh, level out your appetite. Mm-hmm. Yep. Nice. And you're, you're, you said you got a part-time job. Yeah. yeah that, that just stuck out to me too. In addition to what you're already doing. What is totally. that? Like, what is it that you're doing? For sure. I, I am a weight loss coach for helping people with, uh, through their journey using peptide therapy. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you source the peptides for people or do you recommend certain things or do you work for a company that like provides them? What, what is it? Yeah, totally. So I, I'm not making any of the peptides or anything like that. Yeah, the yeah. Co- company that I, that I work with, they specialize in one specific peptide mm-hmm. for weight loss. And then I'm, I'm responsible for helping people through their program. So if they come in as a referral for me or a referral from an outside source, I would help make sure that a, they're qualified to do the program, that they don't have any pre-existing medical conditions or anything like that. Assuming that they're good to go, mm-hmm. I help coach them through taking the peptide, uh, adjusting some things in their diet and um, just helping them along their weight loss journey. Sounds like you've got your hands full. I have my hands full yeah. for sure. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and you, you're you're always on top of uh, well, not always. I can't say that, but you're you're on top of like building your business. You have a part time job. You're learning Spanish. <laughs> yes. All these different things make up Crystal Large. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I I, uh, I like I I hate being bored, and I love sque- squeezing the juice out of life hate being bored. Yes. Oh man. Fitness 
Right. You've been in health and fitness for a long time. Fitness is defined in a lot of different ways um, by different people. And it could have different meanings for different people at different times. Right. Um, What does it mean for you? What is what is your definition of fitness right now? Mm, I'm going to steal it from somebody else because I thought (laughs) it was so eloquent. Go for it. This is the ultimate form of human expression. Interesting. Yeah. What does it mean to be fit for adventure? What does it mean to be fit for adventure? Having a body that serves as the foundation for all that you want to do in life. Mm. I love how succinct that is. Yeah. Beautiful. We didn't get to talk about your, your surf trip. That's okay. Um, we could always do it again. Cool. Where can people find you or learn more if they want some information about uh, co- your coaching, weight loss, anything? Sure. Let's see. My website is livinglargewellness.com. So that's evergreen. And then my Instagram platform is at large Krista, K-R-I-S-T-A, large like the size. And let's see. I also have a mixed cloud for my DJ stuff. I have DJ Sister Krista, (laughs) X-O-X-O. And let's see. Yeah, you should you could you would be able to find everything else that I'm on from those two. From from those two, right? Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for your time, Krista. This is a ton of fun. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode with my friend Krista. And if you got any value at all out of this, then I encourage you to go and subscribe to our podcast and also share this with someone. Share it with a friend who you think is going to enjoy it, get something out of it. You know the deal. Five stars is the only number of stars available, by the way. And I'm happy to say that we have, we've got an average of a five-star review across all platforms right now Uh, so yeah thanks again looking forward to the next episode